What's up, bikers? I'm Robert. This is the Biker Bar Podcast live stream. Here we are, episode 128. Today's guest, we have Dustin Klein from the very popular YouTube channel, right around 65,000 subscribers right now. If you're not familiar with this channel, don't don't be don't don't no fear no reason to fear because um i actually just forgot what i was going to say but this is the key the key is i i realized that you bump into some of these channels that have huge followings and for some reason even though i'm watching like pretty much all i watch on youtube is mountain bike stuff there's still channels out there that are huge that i've never heard of so um, we're both going to learn together about what Dustin's doing over there on his channel and why he has got such a great following already. But in the before we get started with that, let me talk to you about, about a couple of things. If you don't follow me on Instagram or Facebook, please just do it. Then you will feel like this part of the podcast where I'm whining about you following me on social media. It won't be you. And you'll be like, yeah, I'm one of those guys. You don't have to, you don't have to be, you don't have to worry about that. The other thing is, is I post a lot of stuff over there. Like the other day I posted this, um, this little picture of these little clips that hold your brake line to your dropper cable line or your brake line to your brake line and kind of cleans up your cockpit. And um, I've been printing those things on my 3D printer. One of my friends asked me to do it. And because I posted that picture on Instagram, people wanted to buy them. So I now have an Etsy shop. You could get there by going to Etsy and looking for Biker B1, or you could just go to etsy.biker.com. So B1KER.com. And uh, it'll take you over there. And then you could buy that. I actually put some of my other merch up there that used to only be exclusive to Patreon. And now you can buy them individually if you don't want to go to Patreon. But if you want to go to Patreon and be part of that, that would be rad. Puts beer in the fridge, helps me buy cameras, helps me um, do all the things that, I, that it takes to make this channel happen. Believe it or not. It's not as, it's not like I started YouTube thinking all I needed was a GoPro and a gimbal. And apparently here I am like five or six years. I don't even know how long I've been doing this later and I'm still buying shit for this channel. So help me out. It really, it really means a lot. There's some coupons on there with different uh, companies that I've had on the shows that extended some discounts to, to our Patreon members. So you can get that for as little as a buck a month. So um, that would be rad if you help out. Believe me, I get people all the time that email me or send me a message and are like, hey, man, do you have a discount code for this? And usually I'm just a nice guy and I'm like, yeah, here's the code. But, you know, you could get that at Patreon. It's a buck. Like, seriously, you're about to save $50 on that helmet, but you don't want to give me a dollar just to access those coupons and some of the other ones. So this is my pitch. Please help me out. Please keep the channel going. If you enjoy this, you don't want to spend any money. It's as simple as hitting subscribe or the thumbs up on this on, on YouTube. If you want to take a little bit of your time and help out the channel or the podcast, swing by Apple Podcasts, write a five-star review because that tells Apple that this podcast is the best MTV podcast out there and it shows other people, hey, you should come over there and check it out. So I would appreciate all of those things. If you do all of those things, that would be great. And so with all of that being said, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and bring Dustin back on here. Almost kicked him off. Holy shit. How do I do that? What the hell is happening here? Oh my God. I, there, there he is. Do you <laughs> sound like me when I go live? Like, where's the goddamn button? I don't right. know. Are we, is this, yeah. I don't know why I was like, for some reason, I almost hit this remove button, which I've never, 
Yeah, I've never done that. I almost like just kicked you right off. <laughs> it felt like the right thing to do at the time. And I was just, I was getting guns. Like I wanted to just pull the trigger. You know what I mean? <laughs> How's it going, man? Good. Hey, thanks for having me. And yeah. I got to admit, I totally appreciate the, I don't know the right adjective. The fact that you do these live. Oh yeah. I know from my minimal experience, live content seems easy hey no editing is just straightforward but right. it is it's gnarly it's like secret gnarly now nah, maybe it's just fully exposed people know they're like you're you're not you're not good at this what are you doing i don't think yeah yeah i think they can tell when people aren't good at it but um but not always you know what i mean and, and I, <laughs> <laughs> so there's still hope the for person me that's doing it doesn't even know that they're being awkward you know what i mean but i guess the same is for the edited videos otherwise i mean we'd all have like a million subscribers right yeah but edit's cool because you can manipulate time yeah and that's one thing that's very like one also a very like powerful thing about live is it's like hey this is just we're all flowing with this moment together right Right. But edit, you know, like, oh, like this joke would be funnier if there was a pause or if it was right, quicker right, right. or whatever. You're kind of playing God in a weird way. Yeah, yeah, Just totally. That makes sense. Manipulate yeah. this experience. It's part of the reason. I mean, we were talking before the show about how I got started. And it's part of the reason that I got started was you're in the Slack group that I'm in with with all bunch of the other big YouTubers. And, uh, and when live streaming first came out and we would be on there. The other guys in the channel would be like, yeah, I'm going to go live tonight. I got this like itinerary and this like bullet list of what I'm going to talk about. And then at the same time, I would get lot go live and I'd be on for like three and a half hours. And they'd be like, dude, how do you do that? And I'd be like, I don't know. I just walk out there and I hit go and I start drinking beer and like it just fucking happens. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I am I had zero, zero planning, you know? And, yeah, um, live is interesting. Recently, okay, I do a live 30-minute show, uh -huh. very loose quotes, before every video premiere. So oh, I have like cool. a consistent practice with it, but I've been fascinated to dive into just the, not the experience, but just the live content more. Yeah. And you, you'll think like, like Twitch is a platform completely yeah. live. Yeah, yeah. Which is just, you're like, what the hell do people do? Like, right. what is it? Yeah. And then YouTube's funny because it does all the things. It dominates at like edited content. Right. But it can do live. And I've noticed that a lot of YouTube viewers are not quite conditioned to the live experience on YouTube. Got it. Like got if you it. go to Twitch, they know yeah. what's up. That's yeah. the world for that type of content. Right, and then right. YouTube, it's like it exists, but it's kind of like a sub layer. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, and I've noticed a lot of Twitch, like heavy Twitch people migrating over to YouTube. So I think it might change. It's just all of it's really fascinating to me. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how monetization works on Twitch. So, like, my assumption of why people come to YouTube from other platforms, usually my knee jerk reaction is almost always around monetization. I should, I'll send you some videos. Yeah. Cause I know with Twitch, like in my mind, like Twitch to me was, cause I'm an, I, I, I do it. So like when Twitch first came out, I was like, oh yeah, that's where all the texts go. 
to just talk like tech shit, right? And it was oh, like, oh, they got kicked them. off a of cable and then they, they started doing their shows on there or whatever. But then, yeah, there was a lot of gaming streamers that were on there. And so I, I'm sure the platform's grown a lot. I don't, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a Twitcher. <laughs> totally. You know, but, uh, but you uh, are a live streamer. Yeah. So regardless definitely. of what platform you're on, I think the, the content or the type of content is kind of the top and the yeah. platforms, you know, they yeah, change. Yeah. They come and go and they all have their own different experience. Right. Like we could go live on IG. Right, right. Totally different than this. Yeah. There's different ways to handle it too. Like I um I like if I'm live streaming on the biker channel, it's more interactive with the people in the comments and like things of that nature. I have this live just so like if people want to join live and listen to it live, there's that's a fun experience but it's kind of like their part they're having their party over in the comment section and i try not to I, I try not to like spend time on that unless something like grabs my attention like oh wow that's a really good question you know but where some people do live and they'll they'll tend to um like it's all about the people in the comments regardless in, even the the podcast i was on the other day the whole way through the podcast they're engaging the the people in the audience and for me that cool. To me, it's like the audience is there to just have like they they have a good time over there chatting with whoever, you know, maybe they throw some questions out. Maybe I answer it. Maybe they throw a, a super chat. That'd be great. But, uh, you know, like but it's not really like um, when you're you're more live streaming, like just on your 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 regular channel, I, I would say, like somebody throws up a super chat. You're like, you kind of want to say thank you and things of that nature to kind of keep that that uh, momentum of that type of conversation where this one is. Ultimately, this is geared to be listened to in audio format, you know, so I, 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 um, I, I see the growth in this as a podcast more than as a YouTube channel. You know what I mean? Sure. And then also it's kind of like, if you're tuning in live, you're getting the very first, yeah, first raw look. realist experience of yeah. this conversation yeah do you edit these or do you no. just go straight up so it's i used to for a while different. i was doing these clips and uh like so i would go through and do the clips but the thing that i like about the podcast the most is that it's not much work and you would know just as well as i do when you're making a, a 12 minute video it's like 12 to 15 hours of work to do that video like it's like okay you go out you ride for four hours then you like make your rough cut of your edit. Then you like, Oh man, I need some more P roll. You go back out and do that for another two hours. And you spend an hour and a half making a thumbnail. You spend like three hours just trying to find the stupid music for your edit. And then you go back cause you're like, Oh, I don't like this song anymore. Now that I'm four minutes into my edit and now I got to go redo everything again. You know, like it, it is a process where the podcast is like, come out here, bullshit for two hours and walk away. So you know. I would say it's it's kind of like what fits one's personality types. Like, how do you want to spend your time? What yeah. type of things do you like producing? And I also I would say is we all got to do something for work. Yeah. So you kind of just pick the things that matches with the other things I just described. Personality types, yeah. things that you're interested in, and outcome, the end result. And there's no obviously no right answer. Yeah. And I think you've done this you've explored with them you've tried yeah. them that's best because then you really know what you yeah. want to do yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I really enjoy the creative like process of making the regular vlog or ride type videos. Like it's really fun. And, and it's, it's a sense of accomplishment that you don't get from, from this platform, but um, it is definitely a lot more work. And so because of that, I think when I was in my honeymoon phase of YouTube, you know, like that first six months to a year, like that, it was fine. It didn't even bother me because like, all I wanted to do was get some more of it. You know, it was like, oh yeah, I just spent all week long editing with all of my free time. And that's actually all I want to keep doing, you know? <laughs> but after you've done it for a couple of years, you're like, yeah, like I actually, I, 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 I want to do some other things, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's got a balance. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the, key to everything really i think as youtubers we put a lot of pressure on ourselves about things that um the subscribers actually don't give a shit about and that is a really good <laughs> point and thing for us to remember yeah. because i'll i'll like whine about some bullshit like that but it's not for me to complain about forward facing you know yeah. like the audience doesn't give a shit if you have 10 subs or 10 yeah. million they just like what you they do if right they like what they you do <laughs> i got it <laughs> thank you i'm following you man <laughs> see i, I don't know tangent there maybe we just sit in a quiet lull for the next five to 15 minutes yeah so yeah yeah okay. we can just do that <laughs> Just a little, little dead space in the middle. They'll just ha have to hit that 30 second skip on the podcast until all of a sudden, you know. <laughs> Damn it, we're up to the cur They're just sitting here in silence. Right. What, what is, is happening? I thought they were joking. <laughs> You're all, is this thing on? <laughs> yeah, or my favorite. <laughs> so. Now that we spent the first whatever amount, 15 minutes here just talking about uh, being a YouTuber, let's talk about what are you doing over there, man? I honestly never heard of your channel until somebody had recommended you to be in the Slack group. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, Colorado Joe. Yeah. Average Joe. Colorado kid. He was the gateway drug to the mountain bike Slack Mecca. Uh-huh. Does that thing have a name? I, I don't know. I'm sure it has a name, but I remember it was kind of convoluted. It was like, oh, totally. it was like trying to come up with a, a, a name for like a, a, a website, you know, when you're just searching for domains over and over again. With Finally, like it was cooks. like, yeah, abcdefg.com slash YouTuber MTV. <laughs> Somebody's totally. typing that in right now. The name now. doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I live in Portland, Oregon. It doesn't surprise me that you didn't find my channel because mm -hmm. my content is very like I came from drop bar mm -hmm. and I, and I, I like dabble in mountain bike or I'm like, I'm at just like the marijuana stage of mountain yeah. bike. Yeah. Like I'm not like a full blown mountain bike junkie. Yeah. Nobody's talking into acid or heroin yet. You're just <laughs> no drops. Right. No, I just learned what casing a jump is. <laughs> okay, there you go. So you do, I mean, I, when I was looking at your channel, you, you have a lot of gravel stuff on there. That, so yeah. that's your passion? Yeah, it's just kind of, I, cycling, I would say, is my passion. Uh -huh. And I just like all kinds of it, really. Uh -huh. Started with track bikes. I was a bike messenger for a really long time. And right that kind of opened up my eyes to cycling culture. Because mm -hmm. bike messengers are very about 
like the culture, the niche, like the little yeah, yeah. world that they live in and they, and they use bikes or they have right. bikes. Right. And that really spoke to me and got into cycling from that. And then I ended up starting a, a cycling clothing company called Cadence okay. in 2003 around track bikes, urban cycling. Yeah. Have you heard of a thing called the mash video? Not offhand. Yeah. See, a, a close friend of mine, Ron, he's in a lot of the videos. I asked him recently, I was like, do you know about the mash video? And he had no clue. And I was like, whoa. Mash was, a, what if I just didn't explain it? I was yeah. like, cool. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> mash was a video that captured track bikes in the city in the early 2000s. And they were kind of responsible for this growth, this explosion of track bikes worldwide. They were essentially the like, in the uh, right place at the right time, around the right people, corralled it enough and could like market, package and present it to the world. And they nailed it, they killed it. Do you remember much of like the track bike wave that happened. Yeah, I mean, I remember 2000s. it to a certain extent just because I mean, I ended up, I, I bought one. I bought a, a, I have a single speed, it has the flip flop hub, but I always rode it just at, with the freewheel because when I bought mine, it was really, um, it was my gateway drug to road cycling because basically I don't want to be a road cyclist. Mm. I don't want to do wow. anything but be a mountain biker, but I did like the idea of being able to ride to work and burn in some extra calories so I could drink more beer. And you could get a single speed for like 400 bucks. So I'm like, well, this is it awesome. right there you go. I bought a single speed and threw some drop bars on it instead of the, the flat bars that were on it. And it's like, Oh know. really? Yeah. Yeah. The mountain bike guy, how do you, why? I'm so confused. Yeah, I know. Why right? wouldn't you leave the flat bars? I started that way, but you know, I was, I was doing about an hour commute to work. Oh, and it just feel felt like, yeah, well, this is not as comfortable as it yes. could be. You, you know like what I mean? Figured out the real reason. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, I feel like, I feel like these drop bars, there might be something to that, something. you know? So I threw a set of those on there. And, and plus I think let's be real. Anybody that's into cycling, you have upgrade. I just, no matter if it's a bike that you I don't like even that. care about. Yes. <laughs> You're like, yeah. I hate riding on the road, but let's upgrade this thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, it's uh, like half the fun, right? Right. So that basically is what, what really started it. And then, um, later down the road, uh, I got the lady into it and she's like, yeah, this is cool. So I bought her one too. Cause I'm like, it's flat, like where we're riding here in Sacramento. So it's like, yeah, one gear dude is fine. You, you know, little hill here and there, get out of saddle and like go back to being a kid, you know, when you were riding your BMX bike, that's a single speed. Right. And, uh, Later then she got in a car accident and she couldn't mountain bike. So she really started gravitating towards road. And at that point was like, Hey, I want to get a road bike so I can actually like go do legit rides. Tight. And then I was like, I guess I'll join, but I'm not buying a road bike. So my, my, like my, my, my way of like keeping my wits or my, 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 my personal self pride was I'll buy a gravel bike. Cause then I'm not a roadie. Oh, so they were like <laughs> around at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So here we go. That's a smart move. Actually. The gravel <laughs> bike is a very, very versatile bicycle. 
Yeah. Because it can lean a lot of ways. Sorry. I'm, I said, I'm trying to talk the lady into it right now. Cause she's still, she's been talking about getting a new bike and I'm just telling her, I'm like, just get a gravel bike because, and she's like, why? And I was like, first of all, it's going to be more comfortable than your road bike. Second, unless you're, you're trying to be like, like freaking Lance Armstrong or something, you're not going to be much faster on your road bike than you are going to be on your gravel bike. And to me, the biggest plus is then you have like more options of where you can go with this thing. You know, where you can do this ride that's like, hey, there's the first 20 miles on road. And then you do this 10 mile section on this dirt road that gets you over this other road you want to be on. You you don't want to do that on a 25 millimeter tire on a a dirt road. You know what I mean? With some potholes and shit like you could. Yeah, you could. But I mean, you could also ride a penny farthing over the freaking Rocky Mountains. You know, know, like, (laughs) oh, that sounds like a nightmare. Be like, right? so you like cycling? You want to get out of cycling? I've got yeah. the thing for you. Bring right? it in. Yeah, right. Also, hold on. I got to shout at the chat. We're not supposed to do this, but Trail yeah. Pimp, your handle is amazing. <laughs> Boots McBurgerber. Yes. Decline from Fast Friday. Good on you. And also, I signed there, Tev Muzzin's the house. Muzzin. Sorry, Ted. Tev. It's fucking Tev Muzzin. What is this? My normal live stream? I can't fucking say anything. <laughs> And also, Bobby knows about Mash SF and Macaframa. So, Good job. shout out, Bobby. Sweet. Good job, man. I want to acknowledge the chat. I think they're there. They're, you guys are not to be there, uh, there to be ignored. I see you. All right, all right man. <laughs> He's like, thanks for all the extra editing work I got to do later. Yeah, man. I mean, it's your podcast now. So, I mean, we'll do whatever you want. <laughs> drop a line, drop a super chat. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, don't you wish you were in the live chat right now? Right. Get the show notes. Join us for the next one. Yeah, you could be. And there. now today's sponsor, Bubble Yum. <laughs> I'll stop. Right, right. So, um, What's your, what, what's your, what, what got you into making content? Cause I notice you have a pretty, um, like your brand is definitely on your, your Facebook, your Instagram, but I noticed you also have a website and not a lot of guys that are just like, Hey, I'm just a guy that wants to make some YouTube videos has a website too. And, um, I really like that you, you, you label yourself as a maker and that exactly. was interesting to me. Yeah. So Actually, I'm truly an artist, but that word is very convoluted, heavy, loaded, whatever. So maker is kind of this like fake way of saying that. But I just need to make things. And artists, I mean, I just need to make shit. And when I started the clothing company, I realized living in San Francisco that one could make things for a living. And it was this huge epiphany. And I was like, oh, okay. So I tried to do and started to do all these different things to figure out what I could do to Mm -hmm. make things that I enjoyed making Mm -hmm. for a living. And I was trying all this shit. And one of them was this clothing company. And -hmm. it just kind of would work out. And then it would work out. And then it would work out. And just like I just went after that. Yeah. And that ran its course, did its whole thing. And then 2015, 16 somebody showed me it was actually casey neistat videos was Mm -hmm. like check this guy out i could see you doing this and i was like bro that's got all the elements he works for himself Mm -hmm. he works by himself he controls all the parts and that and it's infinitely creative there's no it's this blank sheet 
You want to yeah. do only stop motion. You want to do podcasts. You, I can't even come up with all the options. Right. So it was like, okay, I'm going to do this and still do the clothing thing. And it just kind of transitioned over. And I was actually tattooing a lot at that time too, because I was thinking that might be a, tra a translation, mm -hmm. transition, excuse me, for me. And the YouTube videos just kind of like, they just, I just stuck with it. I'm also like very stubbornly determined. Yeah. So just chipping away bit by bit by bit. Every yeah. project I've ever done has always done this slow. It's like a 2% grade. Yeah. Infinitely into the wall. <laughs> right. Dude, we definitely have some parallels between the two of us. I can, I can attest to that. Push that boulder. Yeah, but also yeah. we all got to do something. So yeah. it might as well be something that we care about. Yeah. And if we do it consistently long enough, it's going to work out. It's yeah. just going to, it's going to figure itself out or one, we will figure out the direction that we probably should be going. Like yeah. thinking like I need it to be this way, but it kind of yeah. just makes sense to go this way. Yeah. And that's still in the general direction that I need to be going. Yeah. So we'll, so we'll go with the flow. Yeah. And just let it kind of like evolve. But for me, it was always knowing like creative freedom, massive importance, working for myself, by myself, very important. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's kind of just chisel away and then beat yourself up the whole time, wishing that it was bigger and better than it is at that moment. It's yeah. never going to be at that. That's always in the future. And then when you get that, you're still feeling the same way that you did when you were way back there. Yeah. So it goes. Yeah. I never realized that I was a creative person until like, it was just really recently that somebody said something to me that I was like, yeah, you know, I'm not very crafty. And then um, it was actually the wife and she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a crafty person. And she's like, are you high? Like, she's like, you like make your own shirts. You got this stupid 3d printer. You like, you know, you, you, I used to be mute, like really into music, playing guitar. Like it's always been creating something like websites, web, web design. Like it's always been creative. And I just never really like pegged myself as that person. Love I just always felt like I was like somebody like, I was just, I'm just doing these things. You know what I mean? I'm not like thinking about like, I like this. that's actually who I am. You know what I mean? So what you're describing is like a very important element for people that like that want to make things for a living for lack of a better term yeah. is you have that drive, that yeah. impulse. You were already doing it before you knew what to label it, yeah, which yeah. is so legit. It's so pure. It's so real. Cause a lot of times we'll get stuck with the label first and then try to figure out how to fit into that. Yeah, and yeah. that's backwards. Yeah. Make it. And then honestly, other people give you the label and you'd be like, I don't know. I guess it is whatever it is. Right. Right. But it's cool that you acknowledge that. And I think it's, it's worth kind of, I don't know, acknowledge it. Can I use the same word to describe it? Yeah, just keep word? using it over and over again. We could throw it like six or seven times in one sentence. <laughs> but just acknowledging that you are, were, and have been doing that is pretty yeah. powerful. Yeah, like yeah. that's a, that's a, like, you know, way to lift yourself up. I guess. Yeah. But I think, I mean, I think 
I think, and maybe this is just me, but I, I noticed it with a lot of other creators. We all like put ourselves down the entire time though. We're all like, nah, I'm not good enough. I mean, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm sure like, like even people like, um, you know, some famous rock star is still Patrick like, yeah, but I'm not as good as, you know, I'm not as good as Led Zeppelin was. So, you know what I mean? Like, totally. you know, Nickelback sitting around going, you know, yeah, I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> yeah, but that's necessary to grow. We yeah, can't yeah. all be like, yeah, I'm pretty much better than Led Zeppelin. Yeah, right. It's going to ride this one out. Yeah. Like, then you turn into Eddie Van Halen. You're like, all of a sudden, you're like, yeah, I don't have to get any better. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I not for me. Yeah, I right. think that that progression, that hunger, yeah, to, for Steve Jobs quote, is yeah. like a, is is necessary for a maker. Yeah, creatives, and you're in this category, whether you like that title <laughs> or not. We kind of always have to be uncomfortable. Yeah, and it's 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 not fun. It's yeah. kind of fucking annoying, yeah. but it's necessary to grow. Perfect analogy is exercise. Mm -hmm. Exercising kind of sucks, yeah. but you feel good. Dopamine. You're faster. It's something to brag about. I don't right. know. Like, yeah. it, you know what I mean? Like yeah. and becoming familiar with discomfort is just like a kind of a powerful thing. Yeah. Cause just so much comes from that. Yeah. Yeah. But so what, you don't when get you to enjoy it. Your... Huh? Sorry. We'll just stare. I'm just going to try and talk every time you, ha ha. No, I'm just kidding. I'm trying to fuck with you. It's all right. No, there is like this tiniest lag on here and I'll see, like, it's not big, but I'll see people in the comments or whatever. Sometimes like after the fact and be like, man, if that guy just stopped talking over the guest, it would be a lot better. And I'm like, look, dude, First of all, show me how much better you are at this than I am. Sweet. I'm, I'm stoked, man. Like, but outside of that, it's just like this small little lag. There is. And it's small enough where you're like, okay, this is, it's silent. I need to talk. And right about the time that you do, then the other person says something. Yeah. <laughs> and I've noticed this with live specifically, veil pulling, is there's this, I've worked on this, but this knee-jerk tendency to kill silence. Yeah. Silence is like, oh God, we got to talk about something. Right. When actually I think it's, it's okay. Cause it's super real. Right. Like silence is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So back to that 15 minutes. Yeah. Right. Let's just be quiet. I can't do it. <laughs> so I was going to say earlier, when you started your channel, like when you're, you're deciding like, okay, I'm going to do YouTube. Was it, like what was the the plan at that time compared to like what it is now? I never really had a plan. I'm very much a, a learn through doing. Mm -hmm. So just start figuring it out. Like to it. So was the first video like I'm gonna like talk about me, or was it I'm gonna like go on this road bike ride or this gravel ride or like how did that? Do you remember what your first video was? Yeah, I think it's still up too. Please don't look at that. I should hide those. <laughs> it's just like kind of just experimenting like what's it like to look and talk to a camera with nobody yeah. around yeah or, or even better know. yet in a parking lot full of people that you don't know oh not to start <laughs> that's a tough one years deep it, right <laughs> that's really one of the hardest 
Yeah. Because yeah. then you also really realize that this is performing. Yeah. Because in that sense, the audience is there for you to see, right. which usually the audience is not there to see. And it makes it so much easier. Yeah. And that's a tip for I give to anyone that wants to start doing YouTube is like, just do it alone. There's no one. We can be as weird and dumb as you want. You're free. Right. right. Yeah. First time you go into a, a trailhead and there's like some, you know, six dudes standing over there getting back from their ride and you're, you're pulling out your camera and you want to do, uh, what's up YouTube. I'm Robert. You know, like yeah, that's, 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 uh, that's intimidating, man. Yes. And, um, even like, it's interesting that you said this, even after as long as I've been doing it and I'm a pretty like extroverted person, it's still sometimes like, I'll be like, ah, I'm gonna wait till they leave. And then I'll do my intro, Always, you know, and, yeah. and maybe sometimes like, I feel like it may be different reasons now though. Maybe it's like, I just don't want to attract the attention or, you know, I, I don't want to be like sidetracked by them now paying attention to me. And now I, I'm like babbling or something, you know, totally. but, um, but it's still something, it's still real. There's still some kind of hesitation there. It, it's, um, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Yeah. And that's just like a one weird quirk of the job. If you will, yeah, yeah. You just like, again, that discomfort thing, there is, I think there's like something positive or to be gained about mm -hmm. doing those uncomfortable things. Yeah. And maybe it's even just knowing like that when you, you know, when to, or not to do them in the future from mm -hmm. doing it, like you said, yeah. like, I don't need to steal the attention i'll just wait for them nobody's the wiser it's easier for me they're not disturbed easy yeah. done you know yeah it's interesting you said about going back and like hiding some of those videos when i talked to one of the interviews i did with seth he, he told me about how he's done that with a lot of his older stuff that he didn't feel like fit his band so much anymore or like maybe the like he was a little looser lipped in his earlier videos than, totally. than he is now. And uh, so he, he kind of took some of that off cause he didn't want somebody getting the wrong experience from like what, what his channel is now. But then on the other hand, you have somebody like Mr. Beast, whose first 10 years of doing YouTube is still out there of him, like doing Minecraft videos and like, yeah. you know, like being a, 13 year old just talking shit or whatever they do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So there, there it's interesting. Like, like obviously that doesn't necessarily impact it the way that maybe you think it does, or maybe it does. And it just depends on your audience. You know, I feel like people have to dig for those. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of like there if you want it. Yeah. But it's just funny when you progress so much, you're like, that's the hardest thing for me. But honestly, this is funny. Let's let let let's go down this rabbit hole. For me, one of the things that I love about YouTube is the fact that when I I post it, I can't edit it. Because my personality would be every time I learn something new, I would be trying to go back and fix that in all my old videos. Right, and, it's very forward thinking. Yeah, and I would be like, I would, I would end up paralyzing myself by the amount of work that I would be trying to make myself do, and um, that's one thing that I really appreciate about YouTube. Sometimes complain about, but for the most part, like, hey, when it's up, it's up, it's up. That's it, you know. 
It'd yeah. be awesome if there was a magical way to go like fix the typo that you left in the middle of the video that's like totally. in like size half the screen font. Yeah, I do it all the time. <laughs> like, but that shit happens, you know. But overall, otherwise, it's like, oh man, I learned how to do this transition or this like, oh, I wasn't color grading my stuff at all back then. I should go back and color grade it all, you know. And fortunately, I can't do that because I'd lose the views, you know. So um, I do appreciate that. Do you, the is that something similar with you or I uh, actually you can delete old videos, which is a type of editing, but yeah, I, I almost don't want to tell you that because yeah, that know. opens that cans of worm. Yeah. Can of worm. Jesus. Who's got my script? You can't edit it though. You can't like re-upload that video. You lose all no, your, but you can cut it. things out, which yes, is re-editing. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know you could do that. It's like trimming basically is what you're saying. Trimming. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you can definitely do that, and and that's cool. But I, I've used it a couple of times whenever it was like, you, you you ever like you're working on your your video, you're editing it, and there's some piece of footage that you think you want to use, so you just slide it out on the timeline like an hour and a half out there. Oh, so yes. you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get to that later. And then you get done with your video, export the whole, you export thing. it, and then you upload it, and you're like, why is this thing an hour and a half long? But you don't notice that until like three days later. And you're it's like, like oh. the ultimate Easter egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, and then there's somebody commenting about it. You're like, how the, did they just skip through or did they sit there for like an hour and a half just staring? Like, is it? Oh, I want to do this now. <laughs> I love that. Cause you could, you can play with this. You know what I mean? Like every 10 minutes could be one part in a very simple story. <laughs> that sounds painful for everybody. Oh yeah. Yeah, it does. I like okay, it what about this? Do you have a practice of going back and look at old content projects of any form, things that you make? I think um, I have this setup out here in the garage. So I have, and what I'm looking at right now is like a like a 50 inch TV. So we'll okay. be out here drinking beers and uh, like like. Uh, just, you know, sometimes we'll be chatting about mountain biking or whatever. And it's like, oh, let's, let, we'll pull up some old video that, cool. you know, this ride that we did or that ride that we did. And so I do end up seeing a bunch of my old content kind of, I, I would say a little bit regularly, you know what I mean? It's not like every weekend we're out here doing that, but, and um, it's just like, even if that was my favorite video the day that I, I posted it, Three months later, it looks like shit compared to what I do now. And mm. and it's so hard to like to to accept that, you know. Well, I guess it, it means you're progressing. Right. right? That's a good so thing, it's right? like you know, that's just the old that's where I was. So that's yeah. actually there's like a lot of value in that. You're like, whoa, yeah. look at how far I've come in two weeks. Right. That's remarkable. Right. Like often those changes are so small that you, yeah. they're kind of in, invisible. 2% grade yeah. into infinity. But I wonder like, like is, is the production value that I'm, the time that I'm putting into my production value, does it really matter? Cause I was getting subscribers oh, yeah. back when my videos were shitty. Right. Or at least what I consider shitty. Right. Here's so, a question. Like, yeah. sort, of, sort of interrupt and divert is yeah. what do you want? from the videos from the channel from doing youtube that is probably my biggest problem i don't know 
I was oh, talking to somebody really? recently about this. I think it was one of my other podcasts. And it was, I think that's the problem that I, like I probably every week or two weeks go through this process of I'm quitting YouTube. I don't want to do it anymore. And um, I think it really all stems from, I actually have zero idea of what it is that I actually expect out of it. So I have yeah, this like, unrealistic idea of what's going to happen. Just what would you like? Like, yeah. I would say therapist hat, get like a notebook and just free write on this subject and yeah. write down everything that you would want yeah. infinitely and just kind of like let it come out and it'll get out of your head. Yeah. You don't even have to look at that again, but it kind of helps. It's like a, a realigning a magnet. It'll yeah. just kind of put it in a focus a little bit. Knowing that, knowing what you want, what anyone, what one wants in a big picture way is super helpful because it's this like North Star beacon of which way to just keep pushing the boulder up the hill towards. Yeah. And I think for me, I'm like so ADD that what I want today is not what I want tomorrow. But ultimately, I think the only thing that I can 100% lay my head on is that I know I don't want to quit huge <laughs> like that's really all it comes down to like even whenever i'm like fuck this man i'm over it i'm not doing this shit anymore like there's still a little guy in the back there going hey man you like wednesday new video yeah right <laughs> go edit another one but you won't feel that way tomorrow You're like i quit <laughs> better start editing the next one right <laughs> yeah like i could i will literally do that i'll be like all night like nah, i'm not doing this anymore get up in the morning i'm gonna send an emails to somebody to get on the podcast i'm like what are you doing, dude? I think I, well, so I just really enjoy the community. I, I, and I enjoy the, like the creative process of it. The process. That, is that's the say. part where that's just really hard to give up. Like a bunch of times I've told myself, dude, you're way better at this podcast. Like actually put all your effort into that. Do the clips, do all that, like put serious effort into the podcast and just like tell people like, Hey man, POVs like on pause. You know, and um, if I tell myself that, like instantly, I'm like, no, I like making those videos. <laughs> well, also, it doesn't have to be so binary. Yeah. You can just kind of be like a thought like, well, what if I just focus on the things for a bit the right, video or right. the podcast for a bit? And also, too, what if your that goal, that thing we were talking about, like what what do you want out of this? Yeah. Maybe what you want is the process. Right. And then right. it can kind of trip you out to be like, wait, I have what I want. Like, I'm not going for this elusive, like, I need three billion subs. Yeah. Like, who gives a shit? It's yeah. way more powerful to be like, I want the process of doing this and yeah. enjoying each step, communicating with these people, shouting out Sandro and call in the, in the chat. In the text. Yeah. <laughs> you thought you had it you were like man i'm on this pedestal it's happening and then it's just <laughs> so what do lot. you want are you getting what you want out of this yeah i think so i i like like i said creative freedom is like very important to me mm -hmm. and i like working for myself by myself and i like cycling so it's just this way to kind of merge it all together mm -hmm. and to kind of tie into that people will be like what's your definition of success 
And to me, success is being able to do something that you love and make a living from it and survive, you know, not scraping by. Yeah. In the beginning, you have to scrape by, which I'm okay with that too. Mm -hmm. And that's like the artist in me. Like I need to make things. So I'm going to do whatever it takes to make that a reality. Yeah. So just, you know, I don't think you answered the question, but you talked a lot. So up high. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So what got you up to Portland from San Francisco? You were just like, I need to be somewhere cheaper if I want to make this happen. No, I actually found out about the videos after we were here. And uh-huh. we came here for affordable homeownership yeah. with a cycling foundation. Like I'll tell you, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you right now, Portland's one of my favorite cities. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I really enjoy it up there. Um, I like the architecture in town, where all the bit all the buildings are are different, but it seems like they were all like made sort of the same. Is that like like Sacramento has has like some buildings that are super modern and then some that are been around for a long time. And it's like, like for whatever reason in Portland, like the city planner or whoever it is, I don't know how it happened, but like, it, it's just, I, I like the way that it looks down there. It's just, it's really cool. And I don't know, it's cool having the rivers that it's very similar to, to Sacramento, actually. I mean, a river right, right there. And right. just, you guys are a, a lot, a lot more, more Hills. <laughs> yeah. And rain. Yeah, lots of rain. The fucking rain. Yeah, yeah. But Portland's rad, man. I mean, come on. That place, I, I don't know. I, I I always have a good time when I'm there. So it is a good time. Yeah. And actually, did you know that Sacramento is where I fell into being a bike messenger? Oh, so really? When I was living in Sacramento, my life was forever changed towards cycling because I was there. Just where, like where, where were we at in Sacramento? Do you remember a magazine called Heckler? Yes, that sounds familiar. It was a skate snow music magazine. And mm-hmm. I went there to intern for photography. I grew up obsessed with skateboarding. So I was like, mm-hmm. skateboard photos. Right. And while I was interning, fell into a job as a bike messenger from the same building. And I was living ugh, in Del Paso Heights, working mm-hmm. downtown on this worked Gary Fisher mountain bike. Oh, (laughs) and then that bike kind of like, I also didn't really know how to take care of bikes. It was dying. And I ended up getting, I read this book called the, the immortal class. It was like about bike messengers in New York, San Francisco track bikes. And Mm -hmm. I was like, what? This is great. Minimal maintenance. They're like illegal. They're cool. They're tough. (laughs) I was like, I want that. Yeah. So I got my first track bike in Sacramento. And I think oh, it was like cool. 2001, something like that. And everybody was like, you're going to kill yourself. It was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> I never learned how to like use the the fixed wheel like to brake. So I, I, I never used mine like that. One of these days I should just go out there and give it a go. Oh, if you still have the bike, yeah, you should. Totally. Yeah, you totally, totally should. That's my, like, I love that bike because first of all, it's simple, right? You know, you just get on fucking pedal, right? And uh, the the other end of it is it's not very expensive. So if I go like ride a bike to the bar and it gets stolen, I'm going to be bummed because yeah, I put a lot of miles on that thing and it's my bike, but 
it feels way better than like a ten thousand dollar freaking oh, yeah. Santa Cruz Bronson disappearing. You know what I mean? Like, yes. <laughs> you're like, okay, well, I can replace that one. <laughs> yeah, everyone needs a, a commuter bike. Right, right. I mean, this is so dumb, but true. Is when you get into cycling, you just need all these bikes for yeah. all the minute different ways that you'll end up using and wanting to use them yeah it's definitely one of those things where um everybody who's not a cyclist does not understand why you have six different bikes <laughs> you know yeah i, mean? I guess they're you're like, right i'm still like, in that world i'm like there's people that don't get it yeah right people come to our house i mean my garage walls are covered in bikes because right. I'm not, I mean, right. I'm not the only cyclist in the house, you know, right. so, so, so is the wife. And when we, when the kids were at home, like they had their bikes too. And they, they oh, had man. multiple bikes because they would road ride or mountain bike with us. So it's like, people would like walk in and they're like, man, you guys have like a bike shop in here. I'm like, what right. are you talking about? Like, <laughs> right. Exactly. Or they're like, why do you need so many bikes? And you're like, right? oh, my dumb friend. Yeah. Sit down. Yeah. We need to have a talk. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So you know how people that do CrossFit have a lot to say about CrossFit. <laughs> you just opened up that worm can of worms, but in the bike industry. <laughs> Pull that tractor tire over here. We're gonna yeah. have a talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I was a CrossFit and vegan that rode bikes, you'd be screwed. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah. So here we are. <laughs> So, um, what, what do you like? What do you like about Portland? What, what's keeping you there? I don't know. I just kind of hits all the dots. Mm -hmm. California is awesome. It's just expensive, really. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's just where we live right now. And yeah. before that, we'd moved a lot, my wife and I. So it's kind of mm -hmm. nice to just be like, "Cool, we just live here." Yeah, this is it. Yeah, and we're like paying off our house like yeah. everyone's like oh yeah we own our house you're like no you don't the yeah. bank owns your house you right. make payments on that house yeah which is cool to be able to do that because in california we couldn't figure out how to do that yeah hence portland yeah. yeah definitely yeah you guys have i mean there, there's some like pretty good i mean not pretty good damn good riding there in that area and then you also have some some destinations that aren't really too far away, like Oak, Oak Ridge. And yeah. I mean, even Bend is only, what, yep. four hours, maybe? I think it's less. less oh, maybe it's three, two to three. Something I like that. I should know yeah. that. We'll say four if it's snowing. So, <laughs> But then you don't go there to ride. Right. It's snowing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, eh. Yeah. But I mean, even even if you were to go from Portland all the way to like Ashland, that is like four hours. And yeah, I mean, that, there's a lot to do around there. And then you get in into like just above Portland. Like I know there's trails up in like Longview and things up towards towards oh, Mount St. Helens. That's a lot. St. Helens. That yeah. Way. yeah. So there, there's definitely a lot there I, that I know of a mountain biking wise. So gravel wise is the same thing or like. Yeah, it's kind of like any direction you choose to go there's something mm -hmm. and then each direction pretty much offers like a different type of experience mm -hmm. as far as the terrain goes yeah we're like infinitely kind of stoked on what we have and then of course winter comes in and closes out a lot of the stuff that has higher elevation yeah which just shifts it 
and means in the summer there's like more access to all this different stuff yeah. like the yeah. video i did on thursday we went to mount rainier the mm -hmm. road that we did had just opened up which is middle of july right like, right right <laughs> yeah yeah that's oh. fun that's that's good stuff man so what's your what's your favorite video that you made oh they're all my children yeah i don't know if there's one you when know somebody's funny, like somebody's like oh you have a youtube channel what like is there one that you're like oh check this one out no i'm like let the algorithm check this one out like, <laughs> yeah. hope you don't get yeah. the shoe review <laughs> look it up unless you need shoes right i hope you get that one right 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 yeah i don't know i kind of have a bad practice of going back and looking at past work mm -hmm. whatever the medium whether it's drawing uh videos like i said i did tattooing and a thing that I've, a pattern i've noticed is after i finish a thing i'll be like yeah this is like okay just like get it out of here finish it next yeah and then i'll see the thing again like a tattoo or the video and i'll be like oh this is like kind of cool yeah like my memory is that this thing was kind of crappy <laughs> yeah which is always funny when it's on a human they're like uh -huh. what but yeah. now i think it's cool yeah. so it's, it's like okay now <laughs> yeah that's, that's funny yeah i um I always look at all my, like, basically my favorite video is always the one that I did last. And um, everything before that is crap. <laughs> I think that's just, a good, that's a very good perspective for making videos. Because, right? you, you know, you're only as good as your last video. Yeah. That's the best mindset you could have. Yeah. Or I'm just crazy. <laughs> I think you're okay. Yeah, it could be either way. So. <laughs> I think it's a little bit of both. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, wait, technical question. Do sure. you, what do you do for wind on your GoPro with your POV stuff? Uh, like there's like three dead cats on it. They're like all over the place. Really? Yeah. Three? Yeah. Yeah. You definitely need all of them because Whoa. there's one on the top. Then there's oh, one on the, yes. the front that's top right under the lens. And then there's a little little wind gap thingy on the right hand or the well, it depends on I wear mine upside down, so I can't wait here. I'm grabbing it. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So there's <clears throat> there's this gap. other one on the side. This is an older one. Like is it, it this one? Like in here? Hang on. No. Because I got that. there. Yeah, that one right there. there. Oop, the side one. Oh. So the one the two that you have on there are where mine are, but on the side, right. Closer to Wait. the bottom, there's like a little slit. Yeah, see those little slits? You need to put one over that. Because there's something in there. I forget what it was, but it's like... Uh, really? There's some kind of mic in there that has something to do with like their wind muffling balance or something like... There's something in there that until that's no covered shit. up, you still get wind noise. And the other one, issue. you can turn off the other ones because you can say just like... I, I forget what the setting is. Lone Ranger talks about it in his video. It's like it turns off the other other mics. Yeah, like the auto or wind correction. Something like that. Yeah. But for some reason, like even though they tell you that, hey, hey we're turning them all off, they're not. 
<laughs> so it's oh. the top one, the front one under the lens, and then that little crack on the side. You put one over on the side, and then you're straight. Oh, tight. Yeah. See? Hey, tune problem. in next week as my videos get that much better. Right. <laughs> and I have to edit that much less wind. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, no, that'll that'll definitely yeah. do it for sure. Some guys, though, use the media mod, is which it, when you have the media mod plugged in, then it is only using the mic on the media mod. But my but that's like kind of external guy, right? Yeah, yeah. And I felt like that one like. Still would get wind noise. I didn't like it like it wasn't good enough. And then I couldn't find like an aftermarket dead cat that looks like like a big fluffy cat, you know. It's just they, they only sell the one that's like what comes from GoPro, which looks like a real foam tight foam. Yeah. And I think if you had one of the bigger dead cats on that, then it would be all right. But the other end of it, in my perspective, is you're adding weight when you put that media mod on. And it's the weight of the GoPro, which is making it flop around on the chest so much, mm. which screws with the stabilization. So we were talking about making things. I'm in the process of building making my own gopro chesty oh the mount yeah i want to make my own cool because i want to make it for like mountain bikers because the ones that are out are for like active people which means they're good at they're slightly good at all of them you, you know what and i mean slightly bad at all right of them. And for mountain biking, there's some things with mountain biking that they're, they, the ones that they sell, they just don't work good enough, at least in my opinion. And, um, so I'm building one with magnets. That's oh, my sick. idea. So the big thing then is I like the, the idea that I could have this, like, let's just say the chesties on under my shirt. And then oh, I just have the camera this. out and that's it. Right. And then whenever I'm like, want to do a little vloggy shot, I can just grab it, lift it Love up. It do my little vloggy bullshit or take a picture, my Instagrammy. And now I don't have this brawl on and the like, cause I'm like one of those man that I got the movies. So it's like <laughs> that thing with that, that with the freaking GoPro chesty training brawl on, it's like the movies are like, now they're D cups. They're all pushed up to my chin and shit. So, so I'm like, dude, if I could just pull this thing off, take my Instagram picture and then put it back on. Like, I feel like I'm not the only one that like is irritated by all this, but the biggest thing, the biggest I like thing behind me trying to build my own is that like if you take the GoPro one and you put an extra strap around your chest that's up like right under your armpits, B BKXC does it. I have have one as well. And like it really stops that top of the GoPro chesty from flopping down. And and realistically, like it, it's just the sport that we do. All the other sports that it's not that jarring on the yeah. body. Like, even if you're on a moto, which would be the closest thing to mountain biking, I mean, they have huge suspension on those right. bikes. So their body's not just like taking a hit and like throwing all that momentum into, into it. So it works for everything but mountain biking, I, I guess. Honestly, there's probably nobody else bitching about the GoPro chesty. <laughs> no, I don't know. A lot of times they'll use mountain bikes in the imagery for the marketing. Right. For these types of things. Right. And then it's funny to me to like, if you actually use it. Right. It doesn't work. Yeah. And GoPro is <laughs> like successfully making every one of their cameras more heavy than the last one. So they're not adding, like, they're not helping the problem any, you know, like the 10 is heavier than the nine. Is it really? I think so. I should weigh that. I have both. I know the nine for sure is heavier than the eight. 
Because then yeah, I think they went to a bigger screen. battery at that point. Yeah, and the screen and all that stuff. Oh, so. the battery did get bigger. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But they're supposed to have uh, – they're supposed to be releasing, like, four cameras this year that are different. Um, oh, like kind of broken them down? Yeah. And the first one that they they either leaked or they actually released it already was just for, like, for drones. For people that that put the cameras on those, like I think it's like FPV is what they call it, like the fast drones, not the like oh, cinematography kinds. Oh. You know what I mean? So people build those, and they want one that doesn't have all this extra shit in it because they are going to have it hooked up to power already coming from their drone, and um, that thing's like way light. So like, I, if 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 none of the other options are good, at the very least, that one might be good because you could like wire it up to a chesty and maybe because it's so much lighter now you can carry the battery pack in your like hip pack or something like that and then maybe it'll Whoa. be fine you, you know what i mean yeah, so like i'm waiting committing I'm waiting, even more yeah i'm waiting to see like what happens because i'm excited to find out but knowing how like things have happened like this historically for me i i feel like Everything's gonna have a feature that I want, but none of all the none of them's gonna encompass all the features that I want. You know what I mean? It's yeah. gonna be like, oh, I'm excited for that, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, that makes me think of there's this guy named Francis Cade, YouTuber, mm -hmm. super popular, cool guy, mm -hmm. like awesome guy. He shoots a lot with the DSLR, mm -hmm. and I cannot for the my for the life of me figure out how the hell he like deals with this yeah like and it's sometimes it's mountain bike and i think he does a gopro when he's on a mountain bike mostly road sometimes gravel but uh -huh. still like on his back fucking giant camera like right. this is as much as i want to carry right right just, and then also just i feel like i would break that thing right bouncing off your back like yeah and then he'll do he'll do like a riding talking shots with it so much respect. Oh, wow. I was just like, how the hell are you With doing? With the full-on camera, though, it's a real. Yes. I mean, stuff, it looks but... legit too. Yeah, I bet because I mean, the glass is just so much better, and all of it is just yeah, like... yeah, all the color, everything. Yeah, That's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I, know, I mean, there's a lot of guys. I mean, Colorado kid, he uses that that what is that the A seven S three R whatever I forget what that is. Like a but, well, I guess they're not DSLR. Like a full frame. It's a, it's a full frame, yeah, yeah. And he uses that thing a lot. I mean, you can definitely like tell the difference in video quality. I know. However, that's one of those things where it is he doing that for us creators, or because I bet if he used a potato cam and did the same stuff, most of the subscribers, probably ninety five percent of them, wouldn't give a shit. What's a potato cam? Like just a shitty camera. Like this uh, camera, uh, shittier than the GoPro. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, like, cool. Like, like if you took your like your your old Nokia flip phone and recorded with that, like you know, in four eighty, baby, right? You know, I think that there's a lot of stuff that we do that most people don't care about, and they just they just really don't. They don't even notice it. I mean, I, I could show is my king. huh story is king. Yeah, for yeah, sure, hundred percent. But it's like some of that stuff, like the the color correction and like, 
things like like audio things that us creators just like beat ourselves up on. Most people, most people, they they don't hear any of that. You're like, dude, you hear all that wind noise? They're like, what wind noise? You're like, what do you mean? And like, exactly. you didn't hear that? No, yeah. man, you were like hitting that jump. That looks sick. You know, it's like, like, yeah. 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 I don't no. know. I think it's a balance. There's like those incremental things. They they add up. I don't yeah. think they're like necessary, but yeah. also I think it's good for us as makers to do things to kind of like stretch or grow to make your thing progress essentially. Yeah. Like yeah. better, but just yeah. like learn the craft. But I completely like there's a point of like too much or like yeah. trying too hard to make it like what professional or just more yeah. work for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I, I I'm, I'm trying. It seems like for the last three weeks I've been telling myself this week, I'm, I'm going to have like a, like a free schedule or a, a light, a lighter schedule. And I'm going to like hammer through some stuff. And my, my temporary goal right now is I'm going to go through a couple of videos of edits that just, and I'm just going to do them like, like I would have in like year one and not spend so much time cool. being worried about putting the drone shots and the B roll and the perfect voiceover. And I'm, and just for the sake of getting the content out, I'm just going to do it. And then I'm going to see what happens. It's kind of like an experiment, Love but it. unfortunately this week it just didn't work out that way. So, you know. or almost like a time limit on, your edit like i've yeah. got two hours to edit this video yeah like what would that that's kind of just a cool parameters to work with yeah right like could footage maybe film it knowing i only have two hours to cut this up that's like whoo yeah that's fast that's quick but it's an interesting like uh self-imposed challenge and almost just you can be very transparent with it be, this i love this idea i want to do this this videos i'm only going to edit for two hours or you can put it in the show notes or something yeah, like right people don't totally care we just, yeah we'll just hide it like five minutes of black space and then a little screen that says i only edited yes! this in, ten, in two hours <laughs> you're still here did you know right <laughs> i like yeah. this yeah yeah so there there you there you have it right <laughs> I did um, that once for a video. I had a, a camping trip and I had just one GoPro, one battery. I was like, mm -hmm. I'm going to make, I even said this in the video. I was like, this is my limitation. One video, one camera, one battery. I'm going to make a story out of this. Yeah. And it totally worked. It was yeah. very like relieving because it was, yeah. the parameters were so simple. And you're just yeah. like, okay, work within them. It was cool. Yeah. I I've, I've done that before, like probably on accident though, where it's like, you know, showed up and none of my batteries were charged and I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. Yes. Well, I need to be really responsible about when I turn this thing on yes. you know, <laughs> and like, and turn it off. Yeah. 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 So it, yeah, it's interesting. You know, honestly, I, uh, I have a project that I, I need to do. I was thinking about just doing it on Patreon. Um, I went to Jamaica recently and uh, part of being there was I wanted to do this mountain bike ride there. And I, I had been thinking about in the several trips that I've done to Jamaica, I've always thought, man, it'd be so cool to be able to ride there. 
So I went to go ride there and I'm filming. I'm having a good time. And I go to put my next SD card in and it's like, SD card is full. And I'm like, full? What are you talking about? I don't put them back in my case unless, unless I've downloaded the footage. And like, I'm like, maybe I forgot to hit format. Right. Right. So I like, I pull it up and it's like the last thing that I was recording. I went to Northstar. It was the very first time I ever went to a, a, a lift access. Um, not the very first time, actually. It's one of the first times I've ever been to lift access. And um, so I'm like, oh man, that was a really cool day. I feel like I copied that to my computer, but I don't know. You know what I mean? So here I am. I'm like, okay, so North Star is an hour and a half from my house. Jamaica much farther so i'm like i had to make a decision at that moment it was bye like, bye north star bye bye north star right so i get home and i'm like i know i copied it over i, I just must have hit, forgot to hit the format i get home sure as shit didn't copy it over so i have on the other sd card like i have half of the north star day but like i don't have the intro or any of the b-roll stuff that i did or any of that so i was like you know what i think i can make at least something fun Oh, for cool. my patreon users that's a great idea with with that half a day of footage you know and um so that'll be that'll be something interesting so well, and if and you guys that are listening want to see that go shine up for patreon <laughs> <laughs> right that setup makes that story very interesting yeah so you yeah. could just explain the that. scenario there you go and then there show it yeah. that's fucking cool now I got great. Now it's not on Patreon. Now it's going to be a regular video. Now it's so, okay. But you should still go back to Patreon right. because I don't know why. Just so I, when I was checking out your channel, I saw you have uh, the memberships on, on your channel. Yeah. And I was looking for you on Patreon. Didn't You don't have a Patreon, do you? Mm -mm. Okay. I didn't think so. But I didn't know with the memberships that it like previews the videos right there on your channel page. And it says member only. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I think he screwed up his playlist because this says members only on it. But and then I clicked on it. It was like, hey, you want to see this? Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Sign up, dude. And that's, you know, it intrigued me to possibly put the memberships on my YouTube channel. Do you, are, do you feel like it's successful? Is it doing like what you, you think or? I mean, what is successful? I don't know. I mean, are you get? do you have people doing it? Yeah, I'm yeah. very happy with it, and yeah. I don't want to manage manage the latency. I don't want to manage a separate thing, uh -huh. like. And also, this is—I don't know if you can turn this on or off, but I really don't like on Patreon how it says how much the maker makes. Yeah, you can turn that off. Okay, dude. There's some people you're like, you make ten grand a month from this. Like, I don't want to support that. Like, right, you're, you're set. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I, or if it's like this person's only making $200 a month, like, fuck, like, I feel bad. Right. 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 It's just the, the, that transparency trips me out. Yeah. I think you, I don't know if you can take it off completely, but I know you can take the monetary part off because on mine, I, I just show how many patrons I yeah, have. Yeah. Perfect. But I have different tiers. So, I mean, you right. figure out. No one know. would know. But yeah, no there's know. no way to really figure it out unless I mean, at the very least, you could say maybe they're all one dollar patrons. So I'm making like, you know, well, it's like a, a bell curve, right? Right. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah, it's probably high, low. 
yeah. down to few right. high. Yeah. But At this point, about- see, I started Patreon before YouTube had that uh, as an option. So at this point, if I started the YouTube one and wanted to dump Patreon, I I, I don't think you, you can't get those people to, to cross the platform. Like that, that, and that bar that like, you'll get some people to go. Well, that's the reason I don't want them to go yeah. to venture to the other. No, just stay here. We're all here. Let's be here. Yeah. Join the, hit the join button. Done. Yeah. See, but some of the, some of the draw though, to having it on Patreon though, is that you are separating it. So like, let's just say YouTube turns into something that you don't want it to be. Or like, I don't know, you, you like you get freaking demonetized or shut down or they decided they're deleting your channel for you because uh, you crossed some line with them. You would still have all your supporters on another platform. So you're like diversifying your like portfolio. Yeah. Or something. I diversify in different ways. Yeah. 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 I'm not diversifying anything. That's it. I'm bringing it all to YouTube. <laughs> all my eggs right in this one basket. <laughs> Yeah, I think it just works. See, like I don't do the Teespring or the product. Like to me, that's like tacky. I'd rather have you like go to a shop. If you're actually interested, that's over there in the place where you go to buy things. Yeah. Not like watch a video, buy a t-shirt. Like it looks, I don't like it. (laughs) I have. And if he has, if you have t-shirts down there, those ones are okay. Yeah. I have some on Teespring, but only for, um, I only have a couple because just because of that banner ad, it's like, Oh, if that pulls somebody in cool. I'm not like really crazy about the quality that they have or anything like that. I have a shop, like what you said, where I feel like I can be a lot more um, selective of what I do and they make the products that I want and stuff like that. But, um, but I did sign up for the Teespring one originally just because it was like, Initially, they, that was the only company that they had. I think now with the banner, I was looking at the other day, you can import different merch sites can. now than you used to be able to. Yeah. But it still won't let you like, like, like I use a platform on WordPress and that platform, I can't like inject that into my YouTube banner, which I think is no, like just dumb. URLs though. Yeah. Yeah. So, but either way, like, I, I think like, I think it's there. Like, honestly, I don't, I still see people buying my stuff from my shop. I don't even know the last time anybody bought anything off of Teespring. Like the last person that bought something from Teespring was probably me testing to see what the the shirt quality was like. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So gravel bike wise, I, um, I have, have some things about mountain bikes that i'm like man i hate this i think this should be changed what 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 are some of those well for me the biggest thing on a mountain bike that i hate is the derailleur the rear derailleur i think it's the like absolutely makes zero sense to have like this integral part of your drivetrain hanging down as close as it can be to the ground in a sport that you're navigating through rocks on the ground like it just doesn't make any sense to me. Totally. Why that's like that. What's the um, solution? Huh? What's the solution? I don't know if I, I don't necessarily have. Oh, one. you just, that's it. I just wanted to get fixed. So I was wondering if there's something <laughs> that you have 
with the gravel bike like what bothers you about the gravel bikes that you're like man i wish somebody would like re-engineer this or how like if you had the the like elon musk money like you would be like hey we're solving this problem the, the sort of answers a question sort of doesn't i'm fascinated in this point of suspension like uh -huh. where does suspension make sense and where does it not make sense? Mm -hmm. And I know that tires are suspension. So that's yeah. part of in that continuum. Yeah. But you know, like 40 millimeters of suspension, the latency is tripping me out. 40 millimeters of suspension. The juice is not worth the squeeze because yeah. the it's just heavy. So it's this funny balance of like, when does it make sense? When does it not? I have this bike. It's called a Salsic Cutthroat. It's marketed as a drop bar mountain bike, 29er. Mm -hmm. And it accepts, a, I think it's a 120 rock shocks or what 120 suspension fork. It's like okay. a proper mountain bike fork. Yeah. And it's, it's fascinating. Like so interesting. But having this drop bar bike with the suspension the biggest thing I noticed specifically on single track is like how you notice commuting with drop bars. You're like, there's mm -hmm. gotta be a better way. Right. Drop bars for uh single track with lots of bumps. It's not conducive. You want stability. Like right. this is like, it's working against you. Yeah. So it's this funny, like, okay, it makes sense why those are that way. But, you know, where's this funny, like, I don't know if it's like the crux of the teeter-totter. What's that mm -hmm. thing called? Who are the physicists? I mean, the yeah. dynamicisms. Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing that I find really fascinating. Like, hmm. the brands keep dabbling with it. It keeps kind of not really making sense. But I still yeah. love the exploration. Yeah. For me with the, the gravel bike, the thing I always think about is the dropper button. Like some guys will take off that front derailleur and they'll use that front derailleur. Oh, like the shifter. You normally, shifter. They'll yep. use that shifter to activate the dropper, right? I got a bike that does that. It's right. awesome. But otherwise, um, there's not really a, a like integrated into the hoods way to hit your dropper. Yeah, there is. And I think like there is. It's oh, SRAM axis. Two shifters uh, in, dropper down. It's awesome. Oh. Yeah. So they have it now. So yes. there we go. Now I'm the, the caveat, that shit is not cheap. Yeah. That axis stuff is so dope because it's so easy to install. Yeah. But you gotta pay to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have the shifter and the, the dropper on the on the hood. It's how you pair it. Uh -huh. So you get the any dropper that fits the bike. You can right. have it either go to like a thumb shifter, like you would on a mountain bike setup, mm -hmm. a one by mountain bike setup, because there's mm -hmm. no other buttons except you're shifting for gears. Mm -hmm. But for drop bars, you have generally right is up, left is down, and then both in engages an accessory. And often that accessory is the dropper but you're saying on a one by on a gravel oh, it's a one by gravel then still it this is how would you do that if it was two by you could i 
don't have any two by access. Yeah. Because I don't need a two by, but I was just wondering if you can. Like, yeah, how do you go down with the one shift? Is it do you hold it in longer? I don't know. I don't know how that works. Do you have access on several bikes? All of them one by. Oh, I see. Yeah, on every single, and it's on like four. Because my guy, maybe five bikes. My gravel bike, I have the Di two, and so they actually have two buttons. Two buttons. Yes. So, like, if they had that same two buttons on the left side no they oh, well, they figured this out three for sure need three buttons then <laughs> no sram's got it it's just they all in the configuration and i think maybe it's a long press or quick or, yeah. i don't know something but boom boom and i bet it's still the double in hits your dropper because double go. in would do nothing for shifting you're like right. yeah it'd be like oh your, your maybe that side. is the big ring boom because it's just a or b oh yeah there you go up and down interesting i don't know this one i'm pretty sure srams figured this out they're like we've never thought of this what do we do <laughs> yeah right that's it now we need somebody somebody who's watching this podcast later come to in order us pizza and, yeah and then get the comments down there below after you hit subscribe and thumbs up and then tell us what the hell's going on here so so I'm, I'm, like, oh, this has been done. Everything's yeah. been done. Oh, yes. Good call. I'm Good I'm call. I'm thinking I'm gonna buy a new gravel bike here soon. What what, what should I look for? Ooh, uh well, that's a big question. Mm -hmm. I don't know what what I don't even know what to say. Yeah, what, how would you what are you working with now? I have a Marin C what is it, the Cortina? So it's a carbon bike carbon. with cool. with uh but they call it the CX. So I don't know if that means my geometry is a little more, more um, roady than it is gravelly. Yeah. Or you cross. Know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Which cross. is like That's generally like tight and tall, yeah. which yeah. is not fun for gravel shit. You want right. like, like more mountain bike, a little yeah. wider, a little lower. You but know what? I think because the cross though, it makes it, it, cause I use mine a lot on the road. So I actually even swap my tires to slicks. Cool. So, um, Smart. So maybe I don't actually want a gravel bike. I don't know. I mean, like, or you I could leave like that as the road bike and then yeah. get another bike. I'm not having a road bike. There's no way, man. Well, that is your road bike. bike. No, it's not. It's, oh. it's, <laughs> right. No, no, of course. Don't not. call it that. No, <laughs> I am not a road biker. <laughs> Semi light, bumpy, yeah, hard right. pack yeah. transportation unit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not a fucking road bike. <laughs> It's exactly <laughs> so. I really like th there's kind of like two main kind of categories of gravel bikes that I found. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to describe the one. I have a a lot of it comes into tire clearance, mm -hmm. and I would just call this like the general gravel bike. We ride a lot of chunky stuff. We like bigger room for tires. Right. These kind of like all around bikes, they're awesome. They're kind of like right in the middle. But mm -hmm. this salsa cutthroat, sort of a category of its own. Hard, no, wait, drop bar mountain bike. Mm -hmm. I feel like a bike like that would be really interesting for you to ride. 
because it it blends these two worlds you spend so much time in mountain bike that mm -hmm. this cutthroat could i think it'd be fascinating to see what you think because mm -hmm. it it's like a beefed out gravel bike it's really yeah. fascinating super comfortable the bike is like uh how do you say this like design accounted for the geometry of a shock mm -hmm. i don't know there's a technical way to say that so it sits up a little higher mm -hmm. it's it's super comfortable very capable sort of feels like a mountain bike but it has drop bars yeah it, it kind of reminds I, me of what that evil didn't evil do something the, like that shammy hager yeah. never ridden it same category yeah, from what yeah. i understand and because the tires get pretty big on that like like you can get like a, a 1.95 or something like that or oh there's two point twos right now yeah yeah so that's like that's actually a pretty big tire yeah yeah oh man we we did this ride recently because we're such drop bar dorks mm -hmm. we ski this way so we did this mountain bike ride everyone was on mountain bike i was on that cutthroat full susp no hardtail drop bar mountain bike but yeah. these heavy sloggy fucking bikes uh -huh. on basically a gravel ride so just slogging gravel roads for uh -huh. like six I'll say 8,000 for the podcast, 8,000 yeah, feet. I think there was single track at one point. It was hilarious to like basically use this bike, not what it's for. Mm -hmm. And fuck, it was exhausting. Oh, it's wow. just like this towel that you're just like squeezing yeah. every drip out of because <laughs> you're hauling this monster all yeah. over the place. It's it, yeah, it's just this funny. I like these crossover blendy points because yeah. that's where a gravel bike was pretty much the right choice for 90%. Yeah. 10% the wrong choice, but what's the balance for the whole experience? Yeah. And we we intentionally overbiked for that to mm -hmm. get that experience, mm -hmm. but it was fascinating how like depleting it felt because yeah. of hauling so much bike around yeah. specifically so much rubber <laughs> yeah fucking big ass tires yeah don't it's they call those like monster cross isn't that what they call them i i think it's a great word for it i yeah. feel like monster cross was like kind of what people gravel bikes before they called them gravel bikes because uh, okay. it was road cross and then gravel started to come into vernacular uh-huh it's like monster gravel it's yeah. this funny edge of yeah. like what's it's like a new marketing term it's kind of like down country and, and mountain bikes they're like oh yeah down country <laughs> yes you're like you just nod and you're like yeah yeah down country man totally <laughs> we need one of those too right i need more walls i need a bigger garage just so i can fit more Dude. bikes in here or That's like it. a fucking skill share class on right? how to organize all of them right right yeah oh, put them all <laughs> yeah so i saw your video that you guys took the old tall boy oh, versus the new tall boy out i watched that the other day that was really entertaining yeah i'm really curious of your take on that because you are actually a mountain biker uh -huh. i am not the person who made the video yeah so i i have this outsider perspective is like because i didn't know the difference like what is it like yeah. why I don't know. Did you know that that was 
the difference before you saw that video? And were you aware that that's how geometries went? That they just like went slacker and yeah, and more comfortable and yeah, yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, like when you said the old one, like I immediately knew what that guy was in for. Like no, just because that is a bike that he still rides. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you can. I mean, exactly. A lot of like. But it's like I was joking around earlier. I literally read a story about back in the day, a guy that rode a penny farthing actually it was over the Sierra Nevadas, but it was like back when there was like not really roads and trails and shit <laughs> when he did it, like, you know, like late 1800s, like early 1900s, some shit like that. So like you can do it, you know, but like, do you want to? Right. There's a big difference, man. Yes. And, and, and and I'm sure you probably noticed this even in your, your like, your gravel bikes when people will ask me sometimes like oh man i can get this badass santa cruz from 2012 or like maybe i could get this like low model new one i'm like get the new one and they're like why i'm like you don't understand how much the geometry has changed they're like geometry i'm not here for a math class i right. want a bike you know and i'm like no i'm telling you like even some of my friends i have a, a friend that's a damn good rider like really good better than me rider and uh, when I first met him, he had a bike that was like four or five years old, maybe four years old. And I was telling him, like, I was like, dude, you need a new bike. And he just didn't want to hear it. He was like, no, man, this thing's good. Like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm, granted, you're still kicking my ass up and down the hill. But I'm telling you, that bike is holding you back. Right. And his bike got stolen and he got a new bike and he was like, Phew. like, oh, my God, dude, you weren't lying. Like, it is so different and it's only a couple of years it's um that's it's, intense it's, it's it's pretty crazy i would imagine but like you probably noticed this with gravel too like if you were to go grab an old gravel bike like a, a a 20 if you got on my bike my gravel bike you'd probably be like oh man yeah this needs to change you know like i think the biggest thing with gravel bikes it's not so much geometry yeah. This is so dumb. It's just more room for rubber. Yeah. Honestly, like that's it. There's geometrical changes, <laughs> but I'm too dumb to know what they are. Yeah, yeah. And I hop on all these different bikes and they don't feel dramatically different aside from that cutthroat. That yeah. bike is different. Yeah. But the more rubber, because that more rubber opens like everything. And it's mm -hmm. totally this like backwards engineered, that's the wrong word, but backwards thinking like early mountain bike stuff, like bigger tires. And like, what about a suspension? Like, yeah. it's really funny because a lot of things, the gravel segments going through, it, people say this all the time too, is kind of what mountain bike went through more than 12 years, like yeah. many years ago. Yeah. When was the first suspension fork for mountain bike? My guess would be late-ish 90s, mid mid to late 90s. I got into Good mountain ball. biking in like the early 90s, and they were all rigid when I first got into oh, it. Oh, wow. And um, I remember there was some guy in our group that got a full suspension bike. So that would have been, uh, yeah, so that would have been like 94, 93, 94, I think. And he paid like, I want to say it was like $3,000 for this bike, and that to everybody that mountain bike back then was like that. He like basically went out and bought a Lamborghini, right? You know, like the top of the line giant at that time was like a thousand bucks, you know, and somehow Cannondale oh. came out with this full suspension bike and everybody was like, 
uh, $3,000, you could buy a car, you know, like, right. you know, like how people are about e-bikes now and motorcycles. Like it's like, you yep. know, so, um, yeah. So that full suspension stuff was in like more mainstream in the late nineties though. Um, what about hardtail? What like, do you mean? Did that happen first front suspension? Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely front. Rock shocks came out first. And then um, basically you started seeing all the bikes sell with that. And then afterwards, then, um, then you started seeing the rear rear suspension, but um, wait, 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 this, when that happened, was it like this crazy game changer? Like, bro, it, I could only imagine, or was the technology kind of like, okay. And it grew itself. I think it, from my perspective, yeah. I think it was kind of like what you just said, but like, I think it was a game changer in, in terms of, I mean, like, yeah, dude, having any suspension on the front compared to a fully rigid fork and riding mountain bikes. The other thing though, that I always kind of, um, oh, somebody said Manitou was first in 1990. Yeah. So thanks for boost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the other thing that I have to remind myself is regardless of how chunky I thought the trails were that I was riding back then, they definitely were nothing like the shit that we ride today. Like, right. Cause more capable. Yeah. Yeah. The bikes definitely have like, there's stuff that I ride right now. Like I, I did this video. Um, it doesn't matter where it was it, anyways. Like, we come down this like crazy granite rocks, blah, blah, you know, like, and I'm like, man, that was intense. And my buddy's like, look at, look up the hill and you just wow. turn and all you see is boulders. You don't even see wow. a trail. You know what I mean? And it's just like, what the fuck? We just rode down that, you know, like wow. if, if you were to show me that in 1990, like, It'd I don't be think like, no, be not many possible. people except for like the, like, the Danny McCaskills of 1990 that would be like, Oh yeah, you could ride that. You, you know what I mean? Like, and now it's like, yeah, no. you know, overweight 45 year old guy that eats too much chicken wings and drinks a lot of beer can do it. You know, like <laughs> you don't have to be, you know, the, this like, you know, Greg Menard to like be able to come down this stuff now because of the bikes, you know? Yeah. And that's a thing that I've noticed from uh, like slowly, experiencing mountain bike is they're so capable but you really got to be careful because they're so capable yeah it'll put you in some sketchy shit yeah. that you won't realize it's as intense or as dangerous as it is yeah. because the bike is so capable it's this yeah. funny like you got to kind of temper it you almost have to like think beyond the experience Mm -hmm. I, I can't articulate that quite right but yeah. knowing that just because this doesn't feel that crazy it is <laughs> yeah 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 i mean you definitely have a lot of feedback on a gravel bike you know oh like my you, god it's like too much you're yeah like, yeah okay. you, you hit the wrong size rock and you're like oh i'm not doing that again that, you know, like i, like I, I feel that it, in my wrists for another three weeks you know yes. like you or know, just, just this constant pummeling like i'll yeah. say it feels like a speed bag just getting right. punched in the head for four hours like, right okay enough is you enough something out of your skill set on a good mountain bike and you're like oh i survived that maybe i could do it again <laughs> you know, faster like, 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, well, yeah, obviously I'm a better writer than I think I am. You yeah. Know? Like, <laughs> I made it through that now, didn't I? It's <laughs> like, yeah, dude, go oh, to the top man. of the hill, push your bike without you on it, and it'll still get through that. <laughs> like, you know, like, I just want to tell you. <laughs> Gravity Dude. and bench is a hell of a thing. <laughs> and the close calls, you're like, let's do it again <laughs> on mountain bike, which on right, gravel right. bike, like it's more like tempered because you're getting beat up the whole way and then get a close call and you're like, whoa, okay. Like <laughs> it's kind of in this noise of yeah, shattered experience. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about, I, I'm sure they're making them. I don't know your industry that as well as mine, but how do you feel about e gravel bikes? I have an e gravel bike actually, and I use one? it for commuting. Uh -huh. Say again? Or I say, oh, you do have one? Yeah, I got All it from right. Specialized, uh -huh. and I use it for commuting mm -hmm. exclusively. I thought I would use it more for filming, but mm -hmm. it, it it's kind of noisy, and mm -hmm. it just feels weird. To be yeah. like the dude on the e-bike. I think a big part of it is the sound. It's just yeah. like, ee, ee, ee. so you're like, you, everybody knows you're not working as hard on yeah. any climb. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, I don't like I have a harder time, like wrapping my head around it. Like when somebody told me that there was a like e-road bikes, you know, and I was on the mountain bike, like. I get it on the mountain bike where it's like, yeah, fucking climbing sucks balls. And like some people don't want to do it at all. So right. an e-bike would be like, oh, well, I'm not going to I like it, it could be the difference of being a mountain biker or not being a mountain biker. Because you're like, either I'm going to go lift access all the time or I'm going to get this e-bike or I'm going to have buddies do shuttles, you know. And so it's like one of right. those, you know, where like basically all you're doing is trying to cut out the climb because all you want to do is go downhill and have fun. Right. And that's where I don't understand. Because right. drop bar is all of it. Like, yeah. Why take that part of the experience out? Well, and that's the same thing where it's like, if, if you have an E road bike, like, like the way that like the mountain bike guys are like, oh, well, man, I can do like, you know, a, a mountain bike ride that would be like four hours and like three in like two hours like that. Like I can get it because you're like, oh, you got to do a 30 mile ride and maybe you have kids at home and now you have a shorter schedule. I get it. But like an e-road bike or in maybe gravel bike is in my mind, I'm like, you're keeping that same kind of cadence. So like workout wise, I feel like it's the same. Like it's the and same if you're going more case. mileage, like I don't know. Don't, don't, it's exactly yeah. the same, like how the experience would be. Yeah. You just can go further, longer in less time. Yeah. But the exertion is pretty much the same. Yeah, so, so it's exactly what you just described for mountain bike is yeah, how someone just, would use it for road and often i've noticed is for people that are just like a little older and they're mm -hmm. like well like harder to get up the hill it's harder yeah. to, or i can keep up with my buddies yeah there you go like i can still ride with those 30 year olds i just don't you know I, but i'm 70 now yep yeah yeah that makes sense on real rides not for me at this point mm -hmm. i don't have anything against them yeah but for neither. commuting dude why would you do anything else? It right. is awesome. Yeah. Because yeah. commuting, like, ugh. yeah. Like, no one needs to savor that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're fucking great. You're just like, so hey, you're less sweaty. It's faster. 
It yeah. feels awesome. Like, you know, yeah. maybe you go on an actual ride, but then you got to go run an errand. You just be like, fuck, I'm tired. You're just like, whatever. E-bike. Yeah, right. E-bike. It's awesome. Yeah. Somebody was telling me that, oh, the guy that does my tattoos, he was telling me about, like, one of his friends has a, a road bike that the motor and the battery is all one piece. And you take the motor and the battery out, and then you Whoa. put, like, a blank in, and it's an analog bike. And if you Whoa. want to be e-bike, you pop that piece back in and it's like, boom, e-bike. So Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was really interesting. And when he explained that, I was like, man, I could see like mountain biking get that way. I really think that the, the difference between an e and an analog is, is not going to be forever. Like they're going to be the same bike soon. That, yeah. And maybe, totally. maybe eventually you 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 can buy it just analog because cool. you don't want to pay for the the motor cool but you can get it later you know what i mean but like yeah. why would they continue to build two different bikes if they really don't need to you know what i mean i think that's a cool uh future vision yeah i think that does make sense because technology inherently gets lighter and smaller right it's just right. what happens yeah cool yeah i mean realistically i mean all they need to do is like and I'm sure they, I mean, there's, there's some smart dudes out there. I'm sure it's not that hard to like make this battery and this motor pop in and like work with the, the analog side. You know what I mean? So maybe it's a little, little fraction of a little bit heavier, but it's not, batteries. it's going to be minuscule, you know, the batteries though. I just like batteries don't last forever. Yeah. 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 No, definitely. I mean, I'm sure like that stuff, like it, that could take some time to get to, but ultimately you know, trying to get somebody to go out and buy a, let's just say like, if you got an entry level mountain bike, that was decent, you're, you're probably at least about three grand, you know, yeah, without going like bottom of the line. And yeah, like, like, is that mid or like just below mid? That's probably just below mid. I would cool. say if I was going to say mid is like five to six K. That's a cool reference. Like, yeah. But like, a like if you get a, a good, like, you can get a $2,500 mountain bike that's full suspension. There's they, They've cut some corners. You know what I mean? Usually if you're in between two, if you're in, if you're right around 3000, you're probably getting a pretty decent bike. And you know what I mean? Like, why would you say full suspension? If you had three grand, why not go hardtail and just kind of get like a little bit better? It depends on what you're looking for. You know, it really depends Absolutely. on what you're looking for. Or, or like, like, I, ultimately I, terrain. Yeah, and and also like it's skill set too because um, like I can ride when I had my hardtail, I rode it on every freaking trail that I ride my full suspension bike on. Right. But I've been riding bikes for a long time. Like, if I gave that same bike to my my wife, she'd be like dead in the first thirty seconds, and like you know what I mean. Like, you know, it, like, it, it's not the same. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I think you know depending on what your, your skill set is. Yeah. You could ride a hardtail, but a hardtail, even if it has a big fork, front fork on it is not going to like make up for some of your mistakes that a full suspension bike would. Okay. You know? So this is good though. So people I've heard will say one should learn or have the hardtail to learn how to ride the bike Yeah, and yeah. then get the suspension because I don't know what that mentality is, but I've heard this is like, Oh, you get a full suspension. You don't have to learn how to ride a bike. 
You're like, yeah. Okay. How about you just learn how to ride a full suspension bike? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. I think that it's um. I think that there's some. It's one of those things that there's some truth in that, but like, it's also maybe some part like people are like, well, that's how I did it. So it's yeah, probably, that's you what know? it feels and like. Some, some of it is just like. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's obvious. It, I mean, if you don't have any suspension, you're going to learn to be like how to f finesse that bike better, how to pick better lines. It's just like saying you should look use flat pedals before you use clips. You know, like, yeah, you're going to learn how to bunny hop better than you would if you had clips because with the clips, you're maybe not going to use the right form because you can you can cheat it, you know? Right. But Unless at the end of, they pop out. Yeah, but at the end of the day, man, like I don't really fall in that camp of like, you should do this. I feel like you awesome. should go do whatever is going to make you get outside and ride the bike. Yeah. You know, like that's what you should do. Right. And if, and if, if that means you buy a Walmart bike until you learn that Walmart bike's going to fall apart, then do it. If that means like you buy a full suspension bike, then do it. If whatever that means, you know, like just, I, I feel like there shouldn't be any like judgment or, um, like preconceived notion of how you can get into cycling. You know what I mean? I agree. Like yeah. my channel's slogan is it only takes a bike to be a biker. Get out and be one. Sick. Like that's the truth, man. Yes. Like that's the bottom line. I've I've been I've been severely impressed or severely embarrassed of my own riding skill by somebody that showed up with a clapped out 20-year-old bike wearing jeans, fatter than I am, you know, and then just kicked my ass all day long. You know what oh, I mean? So like, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that this, this, uh, the way that somebody looks or what they ride or, or any of that, like, it doesn't really equate to whether or not you can go have fun doing this sport, you know? Yeah. Totally. The, sooner, dig the it. sooner that you learn that, the better off you are. Right. Yeah. We I do think that for people when they start like super new, it's just so overwhelming like yeah. where the hell do you start right and like you said there's it's so situation dependent yeah what are you riding what have you ridden budget yeah, yeah. all these things yeah when pretty people overwhelming. ask me what bike they should buy i always say whatever you can afford like really like whatever well, you can afford and then would you say i would like almost caveat like whatever you can afford but like the top of that afford. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you can possibly afford not going to Walmart and going to an actual bike shop, start there, you know, like that, that's, that's the thing I'll follow up with be like, you know, but if Walmart is the only place that you can go to get like to see, or that's all you feel comfortable, like finding out, like I only want to spend a hundred dollars to find out if I like this sport, well go for it. I mean, that hundred dollars might actually get you to not like the sport because how bad that bike is, but right. But, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Kind of maybe rent. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So because if you rent some dope shit, you'd be like, this is amazing. Right. And then you'd be like, oh, I can only afford like, <laughs> it's like yeah. the reverse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, whatever. Like, I just think that like, we really shouldn't. People should just like, how, how do I say this? Like I even get the same problem with all these tra trail advocacy groups. I can't say that word either. Um, 
basically we should have as little to no resistance at all for people wanting to go outside and do things outside because like it, it's hard enough to get people to do that now. So like any like pretentious attitude or like this trail is only for horses or, yeah. you know, like you shouldn't have e-bikes. Like, I don't give a fuck, man. Like this percentage of people going outside is so small. It's ridiculous. We shouldn't be like trying to stop each other. Like, like, Hey, the 3% of you guys that are actually going to come out here and do this shit. We only want one and a half percent of you out right. here. You know, like, no, man, like, come on. <laughs> like, seriously. I don't know. Maybe it's just my my personal like way of thinking about things. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Sorry, I was distracted by the chat. Yeah, I saw you looking at the comments. I could tell that's what I was reading your mind. It's like <laughs> you're like reading the comments through my mind. Yeah, I'm gonna write I should have just put a comment in there. Stop looking. <laughs> <laughs> that is pure gold. You should old. definitely do that in the future. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to keep that one saved for next time. <laughs> Turn your chest pocket. So do you do... You... Oh. Go ahead. I want to hear yours. Are we, are we? Yep. Am I... <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Uh, oh, do you, like, do any trail work? Is that part of your yeah. repertoire? I definitely do. And I... Um, Sick. I... I, for a long time, a very long time, was a guy that just rode the trails. I was the same guy that, like, would park a half mile up the road so I didn't have to pay for parking. You know what I mean? Like, I was that guy for a long time. And um, I I could give you a bunch of, I could sit here and make up a bunch of excuses why I didn't do trail work or why, I did, you know what I mean? Like, oh, why I didn't pay for parking or whatever. But they're all excuses one way or another. And right now where I'm at in my life, I have the time to do it. And so I'm definitely doing it. Um, I'm, I, I tend to identify with the illegal trail building the best cool. because, um, I can do whatever I want. And, <laughs> um, but I, I definitely like just the other day, there's a major trail system by my house, the end of the, the downhill run, there's a bunch of, um, star thistles. And when I'd come screaming through there, I'd hit all these star thistles. Oh, and for every, like the last five rides on that trail, I'd get home and I'd be like pulling star thistles out of my knuckles. And like a day later, I'd have oh. to like get the lady to help me pull one out, you know? And like, so I went up there and I, I freaking weed whacked them all for, you know, Sick. whatever, 150 yards of star thistle. And some people were riding by and being like, oh, dude, thanks for what you do. And I was joking with the people because realistically, the only reason I was doing that is because I'm fucking selfish. Like, I just didn't want to run into them anymore. It's fucking up my my Strava times. I can't get a PR like that, you know? <laughs> like, but uh, yeah, no, definitely like to do my part. And I, I think that too many people ride a trail and they're like, oh, man, there are trees down. I had to duck, almost ran into it. And it's like, yeah, you and your one bud could have stopped and just pulled it off the trail. Yes, exactly <laughs> that. Like, like that's I think that's the biggest thing is like, do just like the little thing. Yeah. 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 You don't have to go out and uh, like, I don't know if my internet died or you just, uh, I don't know what happened. He, he gone. Let's see. How about anybody in the comments, do me a favor and say 
anything because it could be my internet that just dropped. I don't know. Anyways, let's see. I'm not getting shit on there. I'm going to go ahead and just babble for a minute, make sure that my internet's working and it appears that it is. All right. So it's not me. It's definitely Mr. Mr. Dustin Klein. All right. Thank you guys. So while he figures out what's going on, what I think I'm going to go ahead and expand on um, is that, yes, do the small things because ultimately he's reading these comments again, because ultimately that's really like that little bit. It really does help because so many people just ride by. You could you could just stop for, I can't tell you how many rides I've been on that me and one buddy or maybe two buddies like, Hey man, there's this tree laying over. Maybe the tree was too big that we couldn't actually like move it, but we could like break all the extra limbs off and make a space for somebody to be able, there he is. He's back. So we could, we could go ahead and then make a space for, for somebody to be able to get over that log. So maybe you can't move the log itself, but you can stop, and just break those couple of branches off and boom, now you at least have made a pathway. And too many people just ride through and don't do anything. So I was trying to fill the fill the void while you were gone. I wasn't sure if it was uh, what was going on there at first, but you just froze. Looks like he froze again. Something's going on in the, in the Dustin Klein house. But um, <clears throat> so that's basically, that's, that's that. So if you can do your part, definitely do your part. And if you have the, the time or the ability to go out and, and like join a group that like here in the, the Sacramento area, we have something called fat track. They do dig days all the time at local parks and stuff like that. Go sign up for something like that and do it. Um, otherwise, if you just have some time to go out and do the trail known stuff that, you know, sometimes trails pop up in some places and well, you do that, you do that. So just don't get caught. <laughs> Anyways, I'm 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 going to give Dustin a minute to come back. And uh, if he doesn't, if if his internet just doesn't want to do that, then we'll just go ahead and wrap it up and call it a day. Something's obviously going wrong on his end. I do appreciate all of you guys out there that have joined us for this podcast and been been um, hanging out for, for the last two hours. It's been super fun. If you guys haven't hit subscribe and you're, you're new to this channel, hit subscribe, do me that favor, hit the thumbs up. If you would like to, to, uh, help out the channel, do me a favor, go to Patreon, sign up, man. It's as little as a buck a month that will get you access to, um, helping put beer in my fridge. No, but it'll also, uh, it's that the buck a month one is basically like a tip jar. That's the way I look at it. Like you buy a beer at the bar, you give the bartender a, a, a buck for for pouring your beer. That's that's kind of like the, the dollar club. But the dollar uh, the dollar thing on Patreon does give you access to any coupon codes that I got from maybe somebody that's been on the show. So it's a plus for that. Otherwise, the um, the other tier, the five dollar tier, you get some sticker pack, and some extra bonus content. Maybe I'm going to do that over on on YouTube as well. The bonus content thing because. I, um, I wasn't thinking about doing that before until I saw it on Dustin's page. So who knows, maybe Dustin's over there just freaking out why his internet's going, going off funky and stuff, but I'm going to give him just another minute. See if he comes back. He's probably rebooting, you know? <laughs> so, um, I also am planning on doing this with Patreon. I, I was inspired by 
MTB or the outsider MTB. He does monthly Patreon rides. And a lot of my subscribers are here in Northern California. And, um, so I was thinking about doing some kind of monthly ride and then also making more of an effort when I do go to other places to set up some kind of group ride in those other places. In the past, I've, I've, I've not been good about that. Like when I go to Sedona or, or Phoenix or Bend, uh, haven't been like really good at like, Hey, I'm going to be in town. Anybody want to ride with me? So I'm going to put a little bit more effort into that for sure. But, um, if you're local and you want to be part of the Patreon rides that I'm going to start doing, then you gotta be on Patreon. It's a buck, like $12 a year. You could either save a, a, a poor innocent puppy or you could help help this channel stay alive and go to group rides. Anyways, um, I'm going to go ahead and make the assumption at this point that Dustin is not making it back. There's been a thermal nuclear meltdown at his house. The internet is gone or he just didn't pay his bill. Maybe he needs more people on YouTube memberships. So swing by Dustin's YouTube channel. The link is in show more. You can go check him out over there. I really appreciate that he had the, uh, the time to, to jump on with us today and that his internet didn't shit out until the end of the podcast. So what the hell? It all worked out. The one way or another, this is how things things uh things pan out in life right um i want you guys to remember one thing if there's one thing that you take from this whole whole episode is that it only takes a bike to be a biker so get out and be one 